Welcome to episode one of the Mile Height Memories podcast. I'm your host, Mike Toto. This is the first episode as we get started here. Um, just with the debut episode, just a little bit of a idea of what we're going to do here on the Mile High Memories podcast. This podcast has a lifelong, I'm a lifelong Denver Broncos fan. And I'm going to go back each week into some of the great teams, moments, um, historical aspects of the Broncos. Um, and I'm also going to combine not only the historical aspects of the Broncos, but also my personal memories as a diehard fan, as someone who lived through some of the great moments, or maybe even some of the low moments in Broncos history. Uh, so for episode one, the debut episode of the Mile High Memories podcast, I decided to start with the 1997 Broncos, the first Super Bowl championship Broncos team um, in franchise history. Um, and each week I'll look at different teams and, and seasons and moments. Um, and I thought this was the best one to start. So 1997 Broncos, though, is a team that you have to look into from the season before the story of the 97 Broncos actually starts with the 96 Broncos. If you remember back in 1996, the Broncos were on a 13 and three number one seed in the AFC who ended up losing in the divisional round to the Jacksonville Jaguars in one of the biggest upsets in playoff history in the NFL. Uh, John Elway, Mike Shanahan, Terrell Davis, Shannon Sharp, that team was loaded in 96. Um, Ran away with the division. Ran away with the number one seed in the AFC. Hosted the Jaguars in a divisional game in which they were huge double-digit favorites uh, over a team that had only been in the league for two years, and they got upset at home in Denver. Um, Many did not think the Broncos would recover after that loss in 96. Um, There was even talk about John Elway hanging it up. Um, I remember Shannon Sharp saying how the Broncos losing to the Jaguars in the 96 playoffs would be probably one of the lowest moments for the franchise and could set the franchise back for for years. Luckily, it didn't turn out that way. But when 96 ended, going into 97, um, you were really skeptical as a Broncos fan because nothing short of getting to a Super Bowl was going to ease the pain of what happened in 96. 96 was supposed to be our year as a Broncos fan. The year where Elway finally got that monkey off his back and got that Super Bowl after getting there three times and losing in the 80s. So after 96 ends in this crushing, terrible defeat, 30-27 to 27 at home to Jacksonville, the Broncos looked to pick up the pieces in the offseason. Um, for me, I was devastated in 96. I was a senior in high school. I hadn't been a Bronco fan since... I was a little kid, late 1985. I'd been through the Super Bowls in the 80s. I was a John Elway guy. Lived in New York on Long Island. I was one of the few Bronco fans around wearing my orange uh, Elway jersey almost every day to school. Um, so that year was supposed to be our year, and it just ended. So I was devastated. Um, I was kind of like, you know what, maybe I just this means too much to me. Maybe I need to not worry about the Broncos so much going into 97. I was a you know, going away to college, becoming a freshman in college, going up to Sacred Heart University in Connecticut, going to play football. I had a lot of other things to maybe worry about. The Broncos were just going to be kind of like on the back burner. I just couldn't take it anymore after all the Super Bowls and then losing like that in 96. I was kind of done with it. Um, the one thing I remember about the off season was I kind of just put the Broncos away. Yes, I was going to be a fan. Yes, I was going to pay attention once 97 rolled around, but I wasn't going to invest all my time in the off season to, to the team. I remember they unveiled the new uniforms at one point in the offseason. 
which at the time was pretty radical. Nike had come up with a um, an idea to add a new look to the Broncos uniforms and the logo. Pat Bolin wanted to kind of change it up a little bit. Um, and obviously the uniforms that they wear now are very similar to the ones that they debuted in 97. Pretty much exact the same way. Exactly the same way. Um, and I remember being like a little, you know, they're okay. I like them. They're not terrible. They're not great. But they're kind of in the middle. Um, a lot of Bronco fans were not big fans of the new uniforms. But I was okay with it. I remember when they unveiled it, they brought John Elway out of like hibernation in the off season. He didn't look too thrilled to be there, um, but it was one of the few moments where you got to see the Broncos kind of, you know, start to move on to the 97 season. The other thing I remember in the offseason was that they signed Neil Smith. That was a huge deal. Uh, the Broncos were always active in free agency in the first few years of free agency and salary cap starting in 1993. They always seemed to make a big splash. I wasn't really going to pay paying attention to too many of the moves they were going to make that offseason. But I won't. For, I, I will always remember. I was laying in bed, and I had a little radio. That I used to fall asleep to. That would play the overnight on WFAN in New York, the overnight sports talk. And I fall asleep to that every night. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night, and they were recapping some of the day, the big free agent signings from that night. And the Broncos had signed Neil Smith. That was a big move. The top, one of the top pass rushers in the NFL, who was from Kansas City on the Chiefs, who the Broncos saw every year, twice a year. Um, was now jumping ship and coming to Denver. And to me, it signaled the fact that the Broncos weren't going to be complacent. They weren't tearing this thing down. They were going to go after it again. And Mike Shanahan and Pat Bolin and the Broncos front office was not going to just settle for what they had. They were going to really go for this thing in 97 because they knew they probably only had a couple of years left with John Elway, a quarterback. After that, again, I kind of just like laid low in the offseason, and then we got to the preseason. So the Broncos got the new uniforms. They look like they're on paper. They had made a couple of signings. Remember, they signed Willie Green as a receiver. He had a big run in 96 with the Panthers in the playoffs. This team looked like they were going to be Howard Griffith was signed, a big fullback from Carolina. Obviously, the Neil Smith signing. But it was kind of like, again, preseason didn't matter. They had to get deep into the playoffs. They had to get to a Super Bowl to justify what happened in 96. When 97 starts in the preseason, I'm not really invested yet. And I remember they played a Monday night preseason game against the Dolphins, and it was in Mexico. And early in the game, Elway came out with it, like holding his arm. And I remember, this is the days of, there was no social media, you know, no Twitter, so you didn't get the instant feedbacks. You had to wait. You saw the highlights on SportsCenter. You heard he was leaving the game with a tricep injury. You had to wait a couple days to find out. It turns out it was he was going to be okay, that the injury was a best-case scenario. He didn't have to, need, you know, he didn't need any surgery or anything, so he was going to be okay for week one. But I remember thinking, like, in those couple days after he got hurt, like, oh, my God, like, we're going to lose Elway before the season even starts. We had no shot. Like, this just isn't going to be, in, it's just not going to work out for us, you know. But thankfully, they avoided that hurdle. Um, you know, so going into the season, there was, uh, I remember myself, I wasn't too, you know, high on the on the team. I thought they were never gonna recover from what happened in ninety six. I thought that was just gonna bury the franchise at least for one, you know, maybe one or two seasons. Elway's not gonna win a championship. This team is not gonna be, you know, anywhere near the team they were in home field advantage in ninety six. When I did some research I looked back and found that they were 
really highly regarded in the offseason by Vegas. Vegas had set their over-under line for 10.5, which is pretty good. Um, I know a lot of people going into 97 were high on the Jaguars because they had gone to the AFC Championship game in 96. People were high on the Patriots because they got to the Super Bowl in 96. They were high on the Steelers because they were perennial AFC powerhouses. Um, you know, even the Chiefs. The Chiefs in you know, 96 had a down year, but they were always good with Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer is their coach. So those are the teams that everyone kind of looked towards, and the Broncos just kind of, like, fit into it. Um, but Vegas did give them a lot of um, preseason hype, and with a number, over on the number of 10 and a half wins, it shows you that they were... Um, a team that it was on Vegas's radar, if not mine. So we go into 97. Um, and they start off 97. Remember, this is back in the day when the NFL used to start their regular season on Labor Day weekend. Um, they only did that for a few more years. And then like around 2000, they started switching it to the weekend after Labor Day, which makes a lot more sense. Um, leave college football with Labor Day weekend. And let the NFL start the week after. You know, everyone's kind of still in the summer mode. But I remember 97, they started. Their first week of the season was week one. Um, Sunday, August 31st, 1997. So they started on Labor Day weekend. Um, they host the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, um, at Mile Stadium. Um, and they won the game 19-3. to Again, nothing really spectacular. Just kind of get the first win out of the way. Division rival. Um at home, you got to win that game. They took care of business. Terrell Davis had the lone touchdown. LA had a big throw to Rod Smith. Just nothing spectacular about the game. 19-3, just kind of get it out there, get the win, get to 1-0, and move on. Um, but that was the beginning of the role and the beginning of the season that really set up the Broncos um, for having a big year. Next, next week, week two, they go to Kansas City on Sunday, September 7th. Remember the Seahawks. I'm sorry, they went to Seattle in week two. Remember the Seahawks were in the AFC West at that time in 97. Before the 2002 realignment, you had three divisions in the AFC and NFC. The East, the Central, and the West. Five teams in the AFC West back then. You had the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers. Um, and then you had the Seahawks uh, in addition to the Broncos. So Seattle was an old AFC West rival up in the Kingdome, that old dome up there. And they always were a pain in the neck for the Broncos. But um, this year, they go into, in 97, they go into Seattle with Warren Moon as the quarterback, who had a good little run at the end of his career with, as, as, a, as a Seahawks quarterback after his run in, in Houston with the Oilers. And they go up there and they absolutely bury the Seahawks 35-4 team. They get a defensive touchdown from Darren Gordon. Elwood throws a couple touchdown passes. Just a real big-time dominating performance. And now, hey, they're 2-0. So they get right out of the gate, 2-0. No hangover from 96 so far. Week 3, um, they come back home to Denver at Mile High. They host the St. Louis Rams on Sunday, September 14th. And once again, they roll 35-14. Big day by John Elway. Um, touchdown passes across the board. Another return by Darian Gordon. Punt return. Um, again, getting offense, uh, getting p- big production from Terrell Davis, obviously, who was a star early on. He was a household name by 97. Um, LA hitting Shannon Sharp, Ed McCaffrey, Rod Smith in their prime. And a defense that got turnovers, they got sacks, and they made plays. Um, and the same thing with special teams. Terry Gordon was a great Bronco. He was a starting corner. He was also the punt returner. 
from the Chargers. They got him as a free agent, and he was awesome, and he had a big punt return this game. Um, so now they're up 35-14. I mean, they win 35-14, and now they're 3-0. So they have just completely rolled through their first three weeks. Um, what's funny about this game is, from a personal standpoint, is I was going to school in Connecticut at Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart University is right in the border of Fairfield County. So you get the New York market, and then you get the Boston market. Traditionally, the New York market gets Jets and Giant games on Sundays. Obviously, the Boston market gets the Patriot games, but you usually get an AFC game or another game or a couple more games. So we would get multiple channels. Um, what was cool was back then in 97, the AFC was on the NBC uh, network. That was the AFC package, and Fox had the NFC package. This is a Fox game, but at 4 o'clock, instead of being shut out of it, if I lived in New York, like growing up in Long Island, since I had the Boston market up in Connecticut, I was able to see this game. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but I remember them just blowing the Rams out. I mean, it wasn't even close. And now they're 3-0. So they went 19-3, 35 35-14 Come back home week four, Sunday, September 21st. They take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, another really solid game by Terrell Davis. Touchdown passes across the board by Elway. They win 38-20. This was a game that um, TD had a couple big runs, and then it was uh, sealed with big Alfred Williams uh, fumble recovery when they sacked Jeff Blake, the quarterback of the Bengals. Um, Williams picked it up and scored. In fact, it's like a famous highlight from that season. He's diving into the end zone. To put the game away. But again, another dominant win, 38-20 at home. Now they're 4-0. Week 5, they go to the Falcons, who are a bad team in 97. Dan Reeves and the Falcons. This is the year before the Dirty Bird Falcons in 98. But 97, they were bad in Broncos. And the Broncos go into um, Atlanta. Um, week 5, Sunday, September 28th. An early game at Atlanta. And they win 29-21. Uh, the game we got the game got a lot closer than the score would indicate. The Broncos jumped out early on them. I mean, they were all over the Falcons early. Um, and what was interesting about this game was they were up twenty three nothing because after the first touchdown, Jason Elam like pulled a hamstring. He got injured, so the Broncos had to go for two every time they scored. So it was seven nothing, then it was fifteen nothing, and twenty three nothing. They ended up holding on. Um, they got one more touchdown to make it 29-14. Uh, and then they held on 29-21. But the bottom line is they took care of business. The Falcons were terrible. The Falcons were 0-5 after this game. But the bottom line is they won the game, they took care of business, and they moved on. So now they're 5-0. And they come back to host on a Monday night in Week 6, the New England Patriots. Now what was interesting about this game is the Patriots were also undefeated. So here come the Broncos at 5-0. Patriots are 4-0. It's a Monday night game back then, 97. ABC had the Monday night game, and that was the game of the week. That was the big primetime game. The Sunday night game was split between TNT, yeah, believe it or not, TNT and ESPN got the second half of the season. But that was not, the Sunday night game was not a big game. It was usually a divisional game. It usually was a lower level. The marquee primetime game, there was no Thursday night football, was the Monday night game, the Monday night package on ABC. So here we go, Monday, October 7th, 1997, week six. The 5-0 Broncos against the 4-0 defending AFC champion, AFC champion New England Patriots. It was a huge game. I'll never forget. Um, 
one of the bigger games of the season early on. Um, I remember going to school in Connecticut. A lot of people were Patriot fans. Um, a lot of Giant fans, a lot of Jeff fans, a lot of Patriot fans. Um, and a couple of buddies of mine that were big Pats fans from Boston had an off-campus apartment. And they invited me over. And it just had a big feel for that game. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, people made plans around this game, especially Patriot fans being up in Connecticut. Whether you went to a bar, but, you know, I went to a little mini party for it. And it was great. I mean, the Broncos took care of business. They won 34-13. Um, they jumped out early on them like they did all season. That was the game where John Moby picked off Drew Bledsoe in the first quarter, ran in for a touchdown. Slowly, the Patriots kind of came back, cut it to 14-13, and the Broncos rolled um, and pulled away 34-13 in the second half. And that was really when you start looking back at a season... What were the big moments? And that was one of those, you know, big, big moments early on. They roll. They destroy the Patriots 34-13. They're 6-0 and heading into their bye week in week 7. And everybody's talking about the Broncos as the team to beat in the AFC. It was no doubt. They were the best team. Pound for pound, they were the best team. If you look at their scores, they scored. They scored more than 30 points in four of their first six games. They had 29 points in one game. And 19, but they won by 16 points. They won by 21, 21, 18, 8, and 21 points. I mean, they're just blowing people out. I mean, you can't ask for a better way to start a season. So now they're 6-0, and they're rolling, heading into the bye week. Always playing great. Terrell Davis is running the ball. Phenomenal. Can't stop Davis in the running game. You try to load up to stop Davis, and Elway's got Shannon Sharp in his prime. Rod Smith in his prime. Ed McCaffrey in his prime. And he just, it was it was impossible to set up the play action with Mike Shanahan. And as the head coach, Gary Kubiak was the offensive coordinator, did a great job. But Shanahan's head coach was just a masterful play caller. He just could not stop this offense. They would jump on you early. And even if you closed the gap, they would be able to pull away. Their defense was, you know, opportunistic. Um, you know, Greg Robinson was the defensive coordinator. He took a lot of gambles. Again, you had Neil Smith and Alfred Williams. You had Darian Gordon in the secondary, Tyrone Braxton, Steve Atwater, Bill Romanowski. You had John Moby. You had a really solid group um, that would bend a little bit. You could move the ball on them, but they would get turnovers. They'd get sacks. They'd get key stops on third down in the red zone, and they would score. They would make pick. They'd intercept the pass, return it for a touchdown. Um, they'd pick up a fumble. Returning for a touchdown. They made big plays early in those first six games. Um, so you can't ask for a better start. So all the worry about 96 having a hangover in 97 really started to go away. All right, so they're 6-0, and they're rolling. Best team in the AFC by far. By week, week 7, and then they head to Oakland to take on the Raiders on Sunday, October 9th in week 8. And this is the game where the Broncos suffer their first loss of the season. They lose 28-25. Um... The Raiders were 2-4 and four heading into the game, which is not good. Um, and they lose that game. They fell behind. They got the lead back 17-14 in the third quarter. But the two big things that remember that people remember from this game was 65-yard defensive uh, 65-yard fumble return by Eric Turner on an Elway sack that gave the Raiders the lead 21-17 in the third. And then Napoleon Kaufman going 83 yards up the middle, virtually untouched. On the Broncos' defense, they give them an 11-point lead at 28-17, and the Raiders held on 28-25. So the Broncos suffered their first loss. You knew they were going to lose at some point. 
right? So it wasn't a, it wasn't you know a surprise. You knew this was a tricky game, division rival. On the road, you know, you, you knew the Raiders were gonna bring everything they could to win this game. The concerning part about the game was that defense gave up way too many big plays, especially in the run game. People started to worry about the Broncos' run game after this this game, especially when Kaufman just destroyed him. So now you're starting to hear some whispers. Well, how do they respond? The following week was, again, one of those other games in which you kind of circle, as the, when the season's over, you circle, say, yep, that was a big turning point game. That was a statement game. And that was their week nine game on Sunday, October 26th at Buffalo. So now they go to Oakland, and they get to come back and go to Buffalo early on a Sunday the following week. And what happened was there was a huge blizzard in Denver. They didn't get out of Denver until late that Saturday. They didn't get to Buffalo until late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. You know, not ideal situation for an early game. But they come out and they absolutely look phenomenal early. They're all over the they are they jump all over the um bills. They're up twenty to nothing heading into the fourth quarter. That was the game when Keith Trailer, the big defensive lineman for the Broncos, had a sixty two yard interception return and then all of a sudden it's like they ran out of gas. And little by little the Bills come back with the with the uh the great Alex Van Pelt, that quarterback. And they march all the way back, and they send the game to overtime. 20 points in the fourth quarter, and send the game over overtime. I'll never forget watching this game. It was at a Ruby Tuesdays in the Trumbull Mall, which was about five minutes from campus at Sacred Heart. And we used to go to the Ruby Tuesdays to watch the games, cause they, sometimes because they had the direct TV package. And I remember... Um, Sitting there and be like, I cannot believe this team is going to blow this game. Like, this is one of those bad games that you just, this could be bad news. Now they could be losing two in a row. I mean, how do you lose a 20-point lead to the Bills? And we're not playing really well at that time. And I remember the Broncos on Jason Elam burying a field goal in overtime to win a game 22-20. And being like, yes, thank God we got that one. Um, and they go to 7-1. Again, t- terrible situation with the blizzard and the travel. But they get to 7-1. The following week, week 10, they come back home Sunday, November 2nd, and they host the Seahawks. Again, a tough matchup. I recently rewatched this full game about two weeks ago, and I remember one of the things I kept thinking about was Seattle was a tough team that year. They're a weird team. Coming into the game, they were 5-3, and three, and the Broncos are 7-1. So this is a huge game in the AFC West, and the Broncos did not play great that game. Their offense was sluggish. Their offense did not capitalize on opportunities. They had multiple opportunities to put that game away, and they just didn't. The key, the key point of this game was the Broncos up 13-10. And on the opening kickoff of the second half, um, the Seahawks fumbled it, and the Broncos defensive back, Darius Johnson, picked it up and walked into the end zone to make it 20-10. to But really, in the second half, the Seahawks almost pretty much outplayed the Broncos. The, the uh, other highlight of this game was the John Elway threw a 59-yard bomb to Rod Smith on a beautiful post pattern to make it 27-20 at the end of the third quarter. Seahawks tied it up, and I remember the Broncos had like a first and goal from like the one, and they couldn't score. So they settled for a field goal. They ended up, their defense ends up getting a key stop, and they beat the Seahawks 30-27. Again, one of those like sloppy kind of just get-out-of-the-way victories. But here they are. They're now 8-1, still by far the class of the AFC. They come back home Sunday, November 9th, back-to-back home game, and they absolutely destroy the defending. Um, I'm sorry, they destroy 
the uh, Panthers, who the year before made the NFC Championship. I was going to say defending NFC Champions. That's not them. That, that was the Packers. They killed the Panthers that year. Uh, it, was a, it was a whitewash. It was in a snowstorm, um, a light snowstorm in Denver. Um, the, the Panthers were 5-4 and four at the time. So this is a big game, um, and the Broncos destroyed him. Darren Gordon had two punt returns in the first quarter for touchdowns. And from that point on, the Broncos cruised. Um, Elway had a 20-yard touchdown pass to Rod Smith to make it 27 nothing in the third quarter. And Tyrone Braxton had a 27-yard interception return to put the game away off of Kerry Collins. They absolutely manhandled, manhandled the Panthers in this game. It was more of a statement game for the Panthers, who had just kind of now fallen apart, and they were not going to be the same team they were the year before when the Broncos just took care of business. 34 nothing, just beat the hell out of them. So now they're 9-1. And they are heading on Sunday, November 16th, Week 12. They're heading to the Kansas City Chiefs Arrowhead Stadium, good old Arrowhead Stadium. Now the Broncos are 9-1, and the Chiefs, are seven and three. So the Broncos have a two game lead on the Chiefs. But if you were watching the whole season, without a doubt, Denver was the better team, right? Pound for pound. Remember the Broncos had beaten the Chiefs in week one. If they win this game, they virtually like basically are gonna lock up the division. It's in Arrowhead. Um and it was one of the again, one of the marquee games on the schedule. Um if this was Nowadays, this would have been flexed into a Sunday night game, without a doubt. Um, but it was a great game. They go back and forth. Um, the Broncos are up early, like they did on everybody else. They always jumped on somebody. They always jumped on a team early. Of course, in this game, they're up 13-0. Shannon Sharp, touchdown pass, couple of field goals, is 13-0. The Chiefs take the lead, 14-13 by halftime. Uh, with Rich Gannon, a quarterback member, Elvis Gerbeck had gotten hurt. Gannon had come in and played really well. Kind of got that team going. They're up 21, they were up 21-13 on the Broncos in the third. And then three straight drives, um, three straight field goals by Jason Mealan gave the Broncos the lead. The last one was a 34-yarder. He gave them the lead 22-21. All right. It was classic Elway drive, sticking it to Marty Schottenheimer. Um, drives him down for the field goal, the apparent game-winning field goal, with not a lot of time left. Uh, the Chiefs got the ball. They were able to get the ball out enough to attempt a 54-yard field goal with no time left. And Pete Stoyanovich, the kicker of the Chiefs, kicks a 54-yarder, and it's barely good. Just makes it over the uprights, and the Chiefs stun the Broncos 24-22. Um, I remember watching a game. I made the mistake of starting to celebrate the Broncos' victory because I'd seen it so many times especially with El- Elway to a Schottenheimer team. Um, I thought they won the game at 22-21. I started celebrating, thinking we, we basically locked up the division, probably home field, and now they lose. So now they lose this game to the Chiefs on this just crazy last-second 54-yarder. And if you ever get a chance to go back and look at it, I mean, it just got over the crossbar. Steinovich wins it for the Chiefs, a rare moment when Schottenheimer, you know, gets the Elway monkey off his back 24-22 Chiefs and now the Broncos are 9-2 when you look at the Chiefs they're 8-3 they're only one game out one game out with you know basically five to play they got a chance that was a huge game for the Broncos a huge loss and that's when you started thinking wait a minute 
This team's been phenomenal. We're not going to lose the division, right? There's a little bit of doubt that starts to creep in. The Broncos came back the following week. It was the week of Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving was on a Thursday, the 27th. The Broncos hosted on a Monday night. They hosted the Raiders. Um, and they just destroyed the Raiders 31-3. Um, the Raiders at the point were 4-7. and Denver just 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 manhandled them 31-3. Terrell Davis had three touchdowns. Elway finished it off for a touchdown to Rod Smith. I mean, it was just a it was just a shellacking. And as a Bronco fan, for us to kind of just get a little bit of revenge on the Raiders from the loss early in the season and kind of put the Raiders away at home, dominating right around Thanksgiving time, you started to feel good. So maybe get that bad taste out of the mouth uh, from the Chiefs' loss. So they're ten and two. They come back on Thanksgiving weekend. They had this Sunday night game on ESPN at 8 o'clock against the Chargers. And again, the Chargers were not that good that year at all. Um, they go into San Diego at the old Qualcomm Stadium and absolutely bury the Chargers 38-28. The Chargers were 4-8 and eight going into the game. The Broncos had built up a, they built up a 28-7 lead. A um, couple of LA touchdown passes to Smith and McCaffrey and then Terrell Davis touchdown run. And then Steve Atwater had a 22-yard interception return to make it 28-7. Elway added a 21-yard touchdown pass to McCaffrey to make it 35-14. And the Broncos cruised 38-28. Um, and they basically effectively clinched a playoff spot. Didn't win the division yet because the Chiefs were right there, but clinched a playoff spot at 11-2. So now they head into the final stretch of the season. So they're 11-2, again, still the best team in the AFC, got the playoff berth in, now where are they going to land? You know, how, when can they clinch home field? That's all I was thinking of as a Bronco fan. Okay, and, and what was cool was they had back-to-back primetime games in and around Thanksgiving weekend, blow out the Raiders at home, blow out the Chargers on the road, and it sets up an epic game Sunday, December 7th at Pittsburgh in Three River Stadium, the old Three River Stadium, Against the Steelers. Now remember, Steelers had ever having a good season. Steelers are nine and four. Denver's eleven and two. Pittsburgh is fighting for their AFC Central, not AFC North, but AFC Central chip, uh, AFC Central title. I'll never forget this game. It was an early game. It just felt like a playoff game. John Elway gets his third thirty-seven yard touchdown pass to Rod Smith. After the game is tied seven-seven, Terrell Davis scores a touchdown fourteen-seven. And Elway hit a pass to Rod Smith, a 25-yard touchdown to make it 21-7, in which it was like two Broncos wide open in the end zone, and somehow Smith got it. They are rolling. It's 21-7, second quarter. The Steelers cannot stop Denver. And all of a sudden, the game turned. Yancey Thinkpen scored a 69-yard pass from Cordell Stewart when, like, Darian Gordon just, like, stopped the running. And then all of a sudden... This game just turned to another touchdown pass. It's 21-21 at the half. This game is a wild game. 21 at the half. Broncos took a 24-21 lead. And then Cordell Stewart just went, went crazy. Um, had a terrific fourth quarter. And the Steelers pulled away 35-24. Broncos had so many opportunities in this game to get back into it, to tie the game. Um, and I remember the final touchdown that Stewart scored to make it 35 24 is like a quarterback draw. It's like a quarterback sneak. Nobody even touched him. He walks in the end zone. That was a bad loss for Denver. So now they fall to 11 and 3. Um, and the problem is the Chiefs keep winning. And the Chiefs keep winning. 
And that week they had blown out, the Chiefs had blown out the Raiders. So the Chiefs were right there on Denver's heels. So now the Broncos, who had clinched the playoff spot, are now going to have to fight these, instead of resting, getting guys healthy the last couple weeks, they're going to have to fight just to win the division over the Chiefs. But it was a huge loss. And again, they had lost to the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. They lost to Pittsburgh. How good is this team? That's what people were saying, how good this team is. For me, it was like, oh man, maybe we're not as good as the rest of the AFC up until this point. Final week, they head second to last week of the season, week 16, they go to San Francisco on a Monday night. So they get a primetime game again at San Francisco. Um, the Niners were the one of the top teams in the NFC that year, along with the Packers. The Niners were uh, in th- this game. They were 12-2. and two. So you have a 12-2 and two Niners team, 11-3 Broncos team. Huge game. Monday night game, December 15th, week 16. Um, and once again, the Broncos fall flat. Again, took an early lead. Touchdown run by Terrell Davis. Jason Neal, field goal. It's 10 nothing. The Niners get back in this game. And then in the third quarter, Terrell Davis leaves with like a, you know, like a rib injury. And Vaughn Hebron scores a touchdown. It's 17-14 Broncos. Now they win this game on the road against the Niners. They have really set themselves up. Um to win the AFC West the following week. They had the Chargers coming into town in week 17. The Chargers were terrible. Everything looked, at that point, pretty good. We're up 17-14. We could hold on here. We win this game. We could clinch the AFC West in week 17. From that point in the third quarter, when Hebron scored to make it 17-14, everything just fell apart. Um, Vern Hanks had a 20-55 yard interception return off Elway. To make it 24-17. And then Kevin Green kind of put the nail in the coffin on a 40-yard fumble recovery. To make it 34-17. It's one of the worst games I've ever seen John Elway play. It almost looked like he mailed it in in the second half. Once Terrell Davis got hurt and they got that lead. It was just like he just did not play well. And now the Broncos lose. So back-to-back losses. Um, for the first time this season. Uh, two Really good teams on the road, and they fell apart in both games. So now what do you do? You know, where do you go from here? Um, it was the third loss in five games. Again, to all teams that are going to be in the playoffs. The Niners, one of the top teams in the NFC, and obviously Pittsburgh, Kansas City. So now all the doubt creeps in. Everyone's off the Broncos bandwagon, and everyone's on the Chiefs bandwagon because the Chiefs keep winning, and Denver's now losing. So what happens? Well... We head into week 17, um, where the Broncos needed help to win the division. And not only the division was pretty much out of, out of, the, out of the range at this point, because the Chiefs were going to win their last game, but the Broncos needed to win over the Chargers just to have a home game. Now remember, in 97, you had the three divisions. Each division winner. And then you had each, each division winner. Uh, the first two, the top two seeds got a bye. The third division where I got a home game. And then four, five, and six seeds were wild cards. Um, and the fourth seed was the best wild card team with the best record for wild card wise. And they hosted a game. So the Broncos could either host a wild card game, even if they don't win the West, or they'd have to go on the road as the five seed. If Jacksonville won, which they did, and Denver lost at home to San Diego, the Broncos would be. A five seed, and eleven and five would go on the road to Jacksonville. 
The Broncos won. Kansas City won. Kansas City won the division. They're the one seed. Broncos would be a four seed, but at least they get the home game if they beat San Diego, and then Jackson will become to them. So the Broncos, Sunday, December 21st, 1997, the Broncos host the San Diego Chargers in Denver in Mile High Stadium in a huge game with a lot of player ramifications. I'll never forget this game. I was home from college that Monday night game against the Niners. I had watched in college, and then I went home. Let's say out like the next day to come home for the winter break. So I'm home from college, and I'm sitting there, and there's a sports bar right by my parents' house um, that I could walk to. My dad knew the owner. He knew, he knew a bunch of the bartenders. So I say to my dad, hey, let's go up at 4 o'clock and watch the Bronco game. My dad's a Giant fan. We watched the 1 o'clock Giant game there. Huge game. He's like, yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. I had a fake ID just in case, but whatever. I wasn't even going to drink. I was like, I was going to go up there. Watch the game. I'll get a soda. They got all the games on. I got to watch this game. So he's like, all right, let's go. So we go up there. And this bar, BK Sweeney's by my parents' house, was a huge jet bar. It was a jet bar where season ticket holders would take a bus from that bar to all the jet home games. So it was a huge jet bar. Well, that Sunday, the Jets were playing the Lions. And the Lions had a win to make the playoffs. And the Jets, if the Jets won, they would be a wild card. They'd be the sixth seed. The Jets were 9-6. and six, And I believe the um, Lions were 9-6. and six. So It was a huge game. Nowadays, that game would have been the Sunday night game. They didn't flex Sunday night games back then. You just played out the season the way the, the schedule was. There was no flexing on Sunday nights. So you got a 4 o'clock game. You got this Bronco Chargers game. And then you got the Jet Lions game. Well, now the, we get up there by 4 o'clock. The bar is packed. You can't even move. We kind of work our way in. I asked the bartender if he could put the Bronco game on. He puts the Bronco game on in the corner. Every other bar, every other TV's got the Jet game on. You know, then they start serving me drinks. My dad orders a beer. They give me a beer. I'm like, hey, why not? They never check my ID, so now I'm having a couple drinks. So me and my dad are watching the game. So week 17, Kansas City already won. They clinched the division. Early in the day, Broncos got to get this win. Jacksonville beat Oakland. Jacksonville's the five seed. Denver's got to win this game to get the four seed. Jacksonville could be the four seed, actually, if they if the Broncos lose. So they're playing the Chargers, who are freaking 4-11. And they absolutely look like crap early on. They're losing 3-0 at the end of the first quarter. They look like crap. And then all of a sudden, they just catch fire. Elway, 11-yard touchdown pass to Rod Smith. Elway. 15-yard touchdown pass to Rod Smith, 14-3 Broncos. Elway, one-yard touchdown pass to McCaffrey, 21-3. An Elam field goal makes it 24-3 at the half. Third quarter, Elway throws a pass to Shannon Sharp. He catches it, turns around like nobody's there. He rolls in, runs in for a 68-yard touchdown. They cap the game off with a Derek LaBelle touchdown, and um, they win the game 33 going away. So they blow out the Chargers. I get to watch the game. Uh, at the same time as the Lions beat the Jets. So the Lions make the playoffs, knock the Jets out. Uh, but I get to watch the game. A big win, a huge win. They blow the Chargers out. Now, you know, 3-3. And now we're 12-4. And, and we're heading into the playoffs as a wild card. But we get to host the first round. So the, the, the wild card weekend is set. And Saturday, December 27th at 4 o'clock on ABC, the Broncos get to host the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, what's interesting when I was thinking about this when they set the playoffs back then 
on Saturday. The games are at 1 and 4 or 12 30 and 4 on the East Coast. ABC for having the Monday night package got two playoff games on that Saturday. They had the early game and the late game. And then Sunday, NBC, which had the AFC, Fox, which had the NFC, would split the AFC and NFC game. The NFL schedule that weekend was Giants Vikings early on Saturday on ABC. Broncos Jaguars late Saturday ABC. The early Sunday um, on ABC, yeah. The early Sunday game at one o'clock was Patriots Dolphins on NBC. The late game on Sunday at four o'clock was Buccaneers Lions. Now, if you had to keep Denver at four o'clock on Saturday because they were you know mountain mountain time zone team, that's fine. Why didn't the NFL put Giants Vikings on Sunday, four o'clock on Fox? Slot slot that Lions Buccaneers game on Saturday at twelve thirty, and you can even leave the Patriots Dolphins on Sunday. Just a weird scheduling for that. I don't know. Anyway, so they host on. Um, so here we are. Wild card weekend, Saturday, December twenty seventh. The Broncos got the four o'clock spot against Jacksonville. Rematch of last year's or the 1996 divisional playoff. Now in '97, one year later, here same same stadium, same two teams, with hopefully a different result. Um, I remember being really confident about the Broncos when the season ended, after they came off that destruction of San Diego. And all week, I was like excited that they got a chance to play Jacksonville, but I was also nervous as hell. The one thing that I kept telling myself was like, there's no way, right? There's no way Jacksonville go into Denver two years in a row and knock the Broncos off at Mile High Stadium in the playoffs. But just that was the one thing that kept, you know, that gave me a lot of confidence. And I remember that Saturday, we had some family over, some cousins over for the holidays. It was right after Christmas. My dad is a huge Giants fan. Watched the Giants. The Giants blew a nine-point lead with like two minutes to go and lost to the Vikings at home in the early game. And here, we, but but the big game I think of the weekend that people were really looking forward to was this Jacksonville Denver game. So it's in Denver, Mile High Stadium. One year later, the rematch with Jacksonville. The revenge factor is all there. And I remember thinking to myself, like, just oh man, they got They can't, they can't lose this game. You know, there's just, there's just no way they can lose this game. Um, and the Broncos absolutely came out on fire. In that game, they built a 21-0 lead in the second quarter. They ran the ball down their throat in the first drive. Terrell Davis capped it off, two-yard touchdown run, 7-0. Second drive, Elway hit Rod Smith on a short slant, turns it into a 43-yard touchdown, 14-0. Third drive, um, right right down the field, long drive. Um, Terrell Davis punches in it from five yards, it's 21-0. I mean, Jacksonville had, like, no answer. The Broncos were running the ball down their throat with Davis. They kept picking up big third downs. Elway was unbelievable in third down. That game making big throws to Rod Smith, Shannon Sharp, Ed McCaffrey. They could not get, the Jaguars could not get Denver off the field on third down. And Elway was killing them. Of course, Jacksonville, who was a good team that year, Tom Coughlin's the coach, Mark Brunel's the, the quarterback, gets themselves back in the game. They settle the game down. It's 21-7 at the half. It's 21-10 the third quarter, and the Jaguars block a Broncos punt. 
Travis Davis blocks the punt and like catches it in midair and runs in for a touchdown for a 29 yard block punt touchdown. And now it's 21 17. And at that point, I'm just like, uh, I'm like, I can't believe it. Like, I'm like, this is, this can't be happening. This is like a bad dream just coming back, you know, deja vu, whatever you want to call it. This game turned so quickly. And you're like, you got to be kidding me. Here we go again. Just like the year before, they had a lead in 96, they blew it. Now they had a huge lead, dominating the game, and now it's 21-17. Um, the Broncos had two drives in the third quarter in which they fumbled one time Elway, got blindsided and fumbled on a sack. Jackson recovered. The next time, Elway pitched it to Davis on a, on a toss out of the shotgun, and Davis dropped it, and he fumbled. So you're like, oh, man, 21-17, we had an opportunity to get at least two field goals, extend this lead. And they couldn't do it. But the key play of the whole game that turned it from that point was Jacksonville drove deep, was driving deep into Denver territory. And Mark Brunel, with the crowd noise, had a miscommunication and fumbled the snap from center. And the Broncos recovered. Place went nuts. I mean, the crowd totally affected the play. Um, And next thing you know, the Broncos got the ball. What happens? Boom, boom, boom. Right down the field. Um, Terrell Davis left with a rib injury. Derek LaBelle, uh, 25-yard touchdown, and then an 8-yard touchdown. And the Broncos rolled 42-17. So they get that revenge on the Jaguars. So now they win. And since they won, New England beat Miami in the other wildcard game. The Broncos are heading to Kansas City. And their longtime... Rival, Marty Schottenheimer. Sunday, January 4th, Divisional Playoff. This is a 4 o'clock game. It was the last game of the weekend. It was the biggest game of the weekend. Um, it was actually a pick believe it or not. That's how much uh, respect the Broncos were getting at this point. The number one seeded Chiefs um, hosting the Broncos. It was a classic back and forth, just tight, physical grudge match. Um, Denver took a 7 nothing lead. Um, on a Terrell Davis touchdown by the end of the third quarter Tony Gonzalez touchdown pass from Elvis back and it was 10-7 but in the fourth quarter John Elway made a big huge throw to Ed McCaffrey um, and put the Broncos in, in inside the five and Terrell Davis on a third and goal scores a touchdown 14-10 um, Schottenheimer blew it down the stretch he had a fake field goal down 14-10 that didn't work their clock management was terrible timeout usage um, Elvis Gerbeck's desperate fourth down throw in the end zone was incomplete, knocked away by Darian Gordon. And the Broncos had a 14-10 victory over their longtime rivals in a, in, a, in a game that was just a classic, just physical, tight playoff football game. On the road in KC, Broncos win 14-10. They're going to the AFC Championship. They validated that loss they had earlier in the season to the Chiefs in, in, in Arrowhead. And now they're headed to the AFC Championship game. And they had the AFC Championship game, and they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. They knocked off Jacksonville from the last year's loss. They knocked off the Chiefs from that brutal loss in 97. Now they get a chance to knock off the Steelers. So they go into Pittsburgh. The Steelers were only a one-point favorite. Um, Elway gets picked off on the second play of the game, but the Steelers missed a field goal. Terrell Davis touchdown run, 7-0. Cordell Stewart touching around, ties it at 7 Jerome Bettis takes a 14-7 lead. 
Then late in the first half, the Broncos got going. They got a field goal by Elam, 14-10. And then Howard Griffith got a 16-yard touchdown pass from Elway. Broncos get a three and out. They get the ball right back. And Elway makes a couple big throws. And Ed McCaffrey scores a quick one-yard touchdown pass from Elway to make it 24-14. Broncos held on. Get to 24-21 late in the game. They get the ball back. Denver, they need a first down. And Elway on a third and six hits Shannon Sharp over the middle. Catches it. He gets a big first down. A couple plays later, they get another first down by Ed McCaffrey. And then Terrell Davis seals it with the big first down. And the Broncos are heading for the first Super Bowl since 1989. Super Bowl 24. The Broncos are going back to the Super Bowl on the heels of two straight road wins in Kansas City. In Pittsburgh, and they're going to take on the defending Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers in Super Bowl 32. Um, for my money, still one of the best Super Bowls of all time. It's a top 10 Super Bowl. Remember, the AFC lost 13 in a row. The NFC, the Packers were 11 point favorites. Brett Favre was at the top of his game. And the Broncos um, were a lot better than what Vegas gave them credit for. Nobody realized how good the Broncos were. Remember that year the Broncos led the NFL in, in points scored. Um, and here they come. Elway versus Favre. Packers going for the back-to-back Super Bowl. Broncos trying to win their first one in franchise history. Elway his fourth try. And it was a terrific game. Um, after the Packers took an early lead on their first drive, 7-0. The Broncos came right back down the field. Terrell Davis, one-yard touchdown run. The second series, Favre got picked off by Tyrone Braxton. Elway scored on a run on a bootleg to make it 14-7. Steve Atwater crushes Brett Favre from behind. He fumbles. Uh, Terrell Davis had a migraine, so he was out of the game at that point. Elam's 51-yard field goal makes it 17-7. And then the Packers scored a touchdown right before the half to make it 17-14. Back and forth, back and forth, third quarter, 17-17. And that's when Elway on that famous helicopter third and six play where he gets crushed by three guys, gets the first down. Terrell Davis scores to make it 24-17. Antonio Freeman ties it up at 24 in the fourth quarter. Back and forth we go. Terrell Davis finishes it off on the one-yard touchdown run with third, you know, a few, a few minutes left. They give the Broncos a 31-24 lead, and they held on. Packers are driving down the field, and uh, on a fourth down pass, Brett Favre has the ball knocked away by John Mobley, and the Broncos celebrate uh, their first ever Super Bowl championship um, in franchise history, and John Elway's Super Bowl, first Super Bowl victory after being in the Super Bowl all those years and losing uh, three times in the 80s. He finally gets the validation and wins his first Super Bowl. That was the famous... Um, post-game speech where Pat Bowen receives the trophy and says, you know, this one's for John. He passes over to Elway, and the Broncos quarterback finally gets that Super Bowl uh, that many people, I think, were rooting for him at that time to get the Super Bowl victory. Um, for me, it was, you know, one of the top moments, obviously, of being a Broncos fan. I'd waited all those years. It was the most nervous I've ever been for a game. It was the most excited and nervous I've ever been for a game. I was confident they could win the game. I was nervous as hell because obviously I didn't think they could actually do it with Favre and the Packers being so good that year, them being huge underdogs. Um, but it's you know it's it's my favorite Broncos moment of all time, and and compared to any of those rules, it's the best one. Um, that team was a great team; they deserved. They were worthy champions. Um, 
and again, huge underdogs to go into um, the Super Bowl in that atmosphere and pull the game out. Um, and it was a really good game. It was a classic game, back and forth. You know, like a, it's a pretty special moment, one of the most special moments. I've, it's probably the, the number one special moment I've had as a Broncos fan. Uh, to see Elway finally win it, to see the Broncos finally win it, to see the Broncos, um, you know, not get blown out. It was just a great moment and a great day. As a freshman in college, I was up back at school. I'd watched all the playoffs at home, but I had to go back up to school because school was back in session. And I'll never forget staying up that whole night celebrating. Um, I don't think I went to class the next day. Watch Sports Center, NFL primetime, a replay of the game, just talking to friends from home, people calling me, family calling me, friends calling me all night talking about it. Just could not believe it that the Broncos were Super Bowl champions. It was one of the most special moments um, of my lifetime as a fan. Um, and like I said, those are the things that, that makes you a sports fan. Those are the moments that you will always look for. Um, and the Broncos, that it's to, to this day, you know, I get goosebumps when I see the highlights every year uh, when the Super Bowl highlights are on. Around the time of Super Bowl, I always make sure I watch it. Um, I still have the Broncos. I have all those games on tape. I'll try to watch that Super Bowl as much as I can. Show my kids the highlights. So a special, special moment and um, something that you'll never forget as a Broncos fan. I hope you enjoyed this trip down uh, memory lane here on the Mile Live Memories podcast. The debut episode on the 1997 Broncos. Uh, a lot of fun going back and looking at that season and looking at some of the memories. Um, and I think it's, a, it's it's fun to kind of look back what I was thinking, what you were thinking as a fan at that point in conjunction with what the kind of historical aspect of it was that season. It was a great team, 12-4. and four. Uh, Terrific players on offense. You know, they ended up having a lot of Hall of Famers, not just Elway, Terrell Davis, Shannon Sharp, um, Gary Zimmerman on that offense is in the Hall of Fame. Terrific defense, terrific coaching. Um, just a joy to watch. One of the best Bronco teams ever. Um, and I felt that that was definitely the most deserving team to start off this podcast. So um, I'm, enjoy- I'm glad you enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed some of the memories with me as we went down uh, the 1997 Broncos Super Bowl 32 champions.